On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Diana the Musical on Netflix. You don't have to have seen it to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware that there'll be spoilers. Enjoy. I'm recording. Here we are. Woo! We're back. Hello. Hello. Good evening. Let's pretend we weren't talking before this for a different podcast. <laughs> no, yeah, this is entirely new. I've come into this with exactly the right amount of exuberance that has not been fueled by talking about new metal. Yeah, new, new metal. What's new metal? Never heard what of it. What is this new metal you're talking about? And now a word from our sponsor. <laughs> this show is sponsored by Poddust, a new metal podcast. <laughs> Do you like Limp Bizkit? Do you like Corn? Would you like to see which is the most new metal band of them all? Then listen to Pod Durst, where all your dreams come true. That, that's a good advert. I like that. That is a very good advert, yeah. yeah. Uh, we should get that on other podcasts. <laughs> Use the offer code riffs and stuff to get nothing because <laughs> it's a free show. <laughs> <laughs> And we have nothing for you that we can merchandise. No. Just, just, just listen. I just thought that um, sounded the way you read that sounded a bit like one of those Squarespace ads you get on, you yeah. know, proper corporate hustler podcasts, which yeah, we are not. <laughs> which we are not. We have no ads. No ads. We've never had ads, and we never will. But you, there is a tip jar, so you can give us money. But, yeah, yeah, you can give us some money. We need it to to go and see Diana the Musical in the flesh. Yeah, which, funnily enough. Tonight is its opening night on Broadway. Did you know that? Is it? Wow. Which is what crazy. Time. I, I had time? no idea until I read that today, but what timing. That is that is fantastic. Um, you know what wasn't fantastic? <laughs> Having to watch this on Netflix. Yes. This is... Paddy, you've chosen some real corkers for November. Um, but... I've got to say, this is probably the most enjoyable of the movies you've chosen for November. Oh, good. Um, so you enjoyed it more than Dear Evan Hansen, as musicals I, go? Yeah, well, I don't know. I think Dear Evan Hansen was so long and so static yeah. that it kind of drained you. And then, of course, we had After, where literally nothing happens. Yeah. Um, whereas here, you've got people dancing and you've got people singing properly and you've got people looking incredibly smug, which are the three main components of a Broadway musical. <laughs> the three main components of a successful film. <laughs> um, you've got to have that smugness. If you're doing a musical, you've got to have that smugness. If you're not smug, you can't be shy and do a musical. You've got to be all in yeah. on the smug. That's exactly why and, Dear Evan Hansen doesn't work. Yeah, it's it's trying to be very demure, isn't it? Whereas this is just smugness personified almost and british smugness as well <laughs> yeah. but british smugness as done by americans which is even yeah, i better. was gonna say it, it's it's it is made by americans but it's uh it's got that very british smugness about it americans who think that we call it kindergarten we don't which we do not um so uh so do you want to give a little bit of an explanation about what Diana the Musical is? Well, I think it does what it says on the tin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but sure. Um, so this is on Netflix, and it's a filmed version of a stage production, which Netflix has done in a few other instances, and you're seeing this a bit more with theatrical shows now, most notably Hamilton on Disney+, Plus, 
which is fantastic and everyone should watch it. Hamilton, the, the musical about the pig town. That's right. Isn't it? <laughs> no, it's about the town where Mark Hamill lives. Oh, Hamilton. Hamilton. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's his best role since The Last Jedi. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so this is this is Diana the musical about Diana about about Princess uh, Diana, Diana Spencer La- yeah. Lady Di, um, and it's bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad, but it's also good. But let's see. So this is yeah. So they were supposed to open in like February or March of last year, and then of course COVID hit and they had to close. So that was when they were supposed to open on Broadway. Um, I believe before that they had been workshopping in like kind of um, student theatres on the west coast or whatever um, before it was then tipped to open on Broadway and then it shut down so they thought to try and once I think once they knew that they were eventually going to get this opening now they thought well actually the best way to market it would be to just film it and put it on Netflix which they've done so and and hopefully you know the people have bought tickets and people are flocking back to it and i imagine that people are just going to see any show for the sake of any show because shows haven't been on broadway for such a long time but um that's how it ended up on netflix so if covid hadn't happened we might not have had this film to talk about which is interesting i suppose but yeah the background to it is it's written by one one of the people who wrote it was a keyboardist in bon jovi and the other guy is a guy who's got some other writing credits and they wrote a musical called Memphis, which apparently is very good and is about like the birth of rock and roll. So David Bryan um, and Joe DiPietro, one of whom was the keyboardist in Bon Jovi. So <laughs> there is sort of a Bon Jovi vibe to some of the songs, isn't there? I was thinking there's got that stadium rock vibe, doesn't it? At times. Yeah. So uh, yeah. these guys, and so a lot of the actors apparently, you know, I don't recognize any of them, but a lot of them do apparently have Broadway pedigree. So, you know, this is, it's more competent than it might appear based on the subject matter and the general sort of ridiculousness of it. Yeah, I think there's, this This is a bad experience. Um, I don't think there's any way to get around the fact that it's a bad experience. Just generally, you mean sort of watching a, a filmed version of a theatrical production. I, I always find that a weird experience. Like, um, Hamilton works because it's Hamilton and it's incredible. Have you watched it, by the way? No, I haven't watched Hamilton. <laughs> you don't have to say it like you that. Take me for someone who enjoys things. Have you ever like even heard any of it? I've heard. It's impossible not to have heard it. You, you, everyone's heard a Hamilton song at some point. It's fine. <laughs> I'm so. I'm sorry, everyone who loves Hamilton, who is now going to come and stab me in my sleep. It's yeah. fine. It's You're not allowed there. to not like Hamilton. It's against David the law. David Diggs is brilliant in everything, and so he's got big hair kudos to that for hamilton it's all right it's it's a thing it's a musical well done you've done a musical about someone in history i'm very proud of you yeah come have a hug do you want a biscuit oh you're so brave you've done a musical well done oh you like musicals oh well done well done on liking musicals you're going to talk to me for fucking hours about how much you love hamilton now oh i'm so glad to have this conversation again i mean i can another human being um it's there. It's a thing, and I'm sick of it. Just move on, people. Find something else to like. Come and watch Diana the Musical and love that instead. Yeah, yeah. Def- I definitely think this is where those the fans of Hamilton should be moving on to because Hamilton is old news, but it is it is good. And even though it's inferior to seeing it in the theatre and is not as good an experience, it's still good. 
Whereas, yeah, filming... You remember at the beginning of lockdown, it was all like the National Theatre and loads of theatres were putting all that stuff, like film productions online. And we watched a bunch of stuff and some of it was really good. But it was still, as you say, an inferior and quite odd experience because it's not how that was that stuff was created, right? Yes, yeah, 100%. Um, and, and, and that's the feeling that you get here. There's something missing. Um, but do you I, think if they I guess this maybe is a question we could return to later but do you think it's possible to make this into a, a feature film and for it to then be good would it be better if it was made into a feature film you know like the one of Les Mis with Russell Crowe bellowing or whatever I mean you'd need to you'd need to do something like Rocket Man mm. I don't think you could do it attempting to make it real you'd need to have those exuberant, strange moments that come out of nowhere, like Rocket Man does. Yeah. Um, instead of trying to play it straight. Um, and I think, yeah, you'd need to do it like that. And I think what they need to do is a lot of the things that work about this are not intentional. Yeah. Um, and they'd need to play into the stuff that they didn't actually mean to do um, if they wanted to, to make it work. Um, and I, I think that's the only way that they could they could have it work. Just make it as silly as possible. Make it as silly as possible. Go into it and think: Is this going to annoy uh, uh, a monarchist? If it's not going to annoy a monarchist, then change it. Is this that's going the, to annoy all monarchists and offend the British public at large? Is is Nicholas Witchell going to t- cry tears of blood watching this movie and if he's not then you haven't done a good enough job that's the only way that you could make this into a proper feature film is turn it into uh almost a republican satire i suppose are the royal family coming after you and trying to get an injunction because if not you've done something wrong yeah that that, that's the only way you could make it fun and and it, it it toes the line here it's very much about how Diana's great and it takes a very critical view to the royals, but it does it in such a way that you can still go, oh, but they have a sense of duty. Yeah. Um, so they're not they're not pushing it that hard. But at the same time, yes, it's all like I'm Diana and I'm great, but there's also loads of Charles and Camilla and it like weirdly can't decide if it's on her side or if it's on their side. Did you not get yeah. that impression? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it goes into it. Um, I've got, I've got a confession to make. What? Oh, Camilla, she's fine. She's like, all right. My granddad comparison- met her this week. Oh, really? Last week. Oh, fantastic. He went to some remembrance thing for his army regiment and she was there saying hello to all the old boys. He said she was very nice. Um, cause yeah, I, I think people really hate her and there's bigger people to hate in the royal family. Yeah. Or Camilla. generally, I was going to say, have you seen <laughs> Boris Johnson? <laughs> Or, or in general, yeah. That if you're looking at members of the aristocracy and members of the upper classes of Britain, Camilla's pretty low on the list of people you should be hating right now. She's, yeah. you know, she's not she's not a, a, a truly evil person. She's done some good stuff. Yeah, you know, the stuff around osteoporosis, for instance. She's done loads of of um, of big awareness work for them. Um, so yeah, Cam- lay off Camilla, people. Yeah. Be her nice. only crime was infidelity and you know just to reiterate be, what i said a minute ago have you seen boris johnson <laughs> yeah let's be honest infidelity is not a not a if you're worried about infidelity there's other members of the royal family that should really also be getting uh criticism before camilla does so yeah lay off camilla parker bowles 
That's yeah. the official message of this podcast. She's fine. And, this, and this we endorse her character in this film. This, this podcast <laughs> sponsored by New Metal and Camilla, Duchess of Cornwall. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's got uh, the so, royal seal of approval. But yeah, you're right. It, it, it spends a lot of time on Camilla. It always sort of shows off Prince Charles as a shithead. <laughs> but it does show that friction caused by not being able to be with the person that he really wants to be with. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Camilla not being able to be with the person that she wants to be with um, and held in place by the restrictions that that our ridiculous eugenics-led society dictates. There's a tender um, song that they share about how they miss each other on Sundays. Yes. And then yeah. there's another less tender song I can't remember that repeats about four or five times of them saying the same thing to each other. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and that and that's another problem with this movie is I watched it today. I can't sing any of the songs from this movie. I literally watched it today and there's nothing. I remember thinking that they were vaguely pleasant songs at the time, but there's nothing that I remember from Diana the Musical. There's no refrains. I can remember the odd lyric here and there. Yeah. About, oh, we'll have all the Sundays in the world or whatever it was that they said. Something about Sundays. But there's, I can there's remember no... that at the beginning of the second act when James Hewitt appeared, a lot of people were singing his name over and over again. He had his shirt off and there was a whole <laughs> thing about him being a horny boy. Yeah, the um, horny horseman. Which, as far as I'm aware, is is historically accurate. Um <laughs> But it's, it's, yeah, it's a weird, um, it's a weird movie. I I remember there was, there was a cello bit that included a famous classical music riff and then it turned into like a dance number and there's, they were talking about how she likes pop music and he likes classical music and it turned into a sort of pop versus classical thing. That was kind of enjoyable. Yes, there was that and that was fine. Um, again, I can't really remember. (laughs) remember it i do remember that happening but uh that's the thing a lot of this stuff when you're watching it it just sort of happens to you doesn't it yeah yeah um and then you kind of yeah just forget about it relatively soon afterwards um which which is a problem with a lot of stuff on streaming services in general you wouldn't expect it about a highly controversial musical about princess diana but it's happened yeah um it's it's yeah it's just there isn't it that's the thing though it's not really controversial is it nothing in it is really out there at all none of it is really anything compared to the horrendous shit that's in the british press all the time (laughs) no i mean (laughs) which is alluded to in the musical of course the the story beats here are effectively the same story beats used in the crown apart from played slightly tongue-in-cheek rather than seriously this is the crown for drama students Exactly. Have you seen The Crown? Did you watch The Crown? I did actually. It's it's one of the ones where my wife watched it and I was in and out of the room. But uh, yeah, generally every time I sat down and happened to catch some of it, I was quite captivated by it. And I am not a monarchist. I generally have pretty much zero interest in the the royal family, but um, I thought it was very well put together and very well done. And um, our boy Josh O'Connor as Prince Charles was fantastic. It's very competently done and that works incredibly well. And then you've got some great casting. Um, like Olivia Coleman, Tobias Menzies, um, Dominic West as well is coming in. Dominic West is coming in, isn't he? With um, with uh, oh, what's her name? Um, Elizabeth Debicki is going to be playing Princess Diana, and Dominic West is going to be Prince Charles. It's like that is a that's some good cast. That's strong. 
Um, so can't yeah, they just make Josh O'Connor look old? Like they <laughs> they just put you, some old face makeup on him. Make him make him old like in uh, Prometheus. What they did to um, I thought we were going to say like in Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> like in Dear Evan Hansen. Um, yeah. Um, that's, oh, sorry, Prometheus. What happened in Prometheus? I haven't seen it. Oh, uh, so Prometheus is the prequel to Alien, sort of. Um, and they did like a fake TED talk where Guy Pierce played this tech billionaire, like an Elon Musk type. Um, and it was a really great sort of like takedown of those kind of characters. And then when it came to the movie, the movie was set like 40 years after that TED talk. And rather than hiring an old person, they just put a fuckload of old man makeup on Guy Pierce, <laughs> and he just looks like he's just he's he looks like he's taken a bath in um in, in, in like prosthetics, and it's just drooping off him. It's incredibly off putting. It's really funny. Um, it's uh, it's yeah, it's very well done. I, oh I, dear. I highly recommend you watch. Oh it. yeah, I'm looking at this right now. He looks like a villain from. Like Jupiter Ascending or something. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's worth pointing out as well, though. Shout out to Emma Corrin, who played young Diana in the last series of The Crown, who did a really good job Yeah. Um, as well. Um, but yeah, the, the Crown is effectively this. Um, but, but this is sort of funny, and it has some bad songs in it, and it's very cringy. No one ever says the word wank in The Crown, do they? No, that's true. <laughs> Did you notice that? I did notice that. I thought that was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> I had to rewind to check that they actually said that because it's in the the musical number where the pervy British press are being yeah, perverts, the, the which is no are surprise. Being pervs and going, oh, she's a bit of all right, that Diana. <laughs> that's a, that's the song. That's exactly it? how it went. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a line in that where they're talking about money money in the bank, and the line goes, "Better than a Guinness, better than a wank. It's money in the bank." <laughs> Well, like, firstly, a Guinness. Write. That's a British thing, isn't it? That's what British people drink, a nice Guinness. And they also like to have a wank. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> is that a... what Americans... Do they know what that word means? That's the two the two key components of British personality, isn't it? Yeah, it's, a, um, it's not a successful day if you haven't had a Guinness and a wank. <laughs> I mean, there's, 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 nothing the, there's nothing the British love more than loving themselves... And taking things from Ireland, so yeah, exactly. You know, Appropriating it's, it's things very, from Ireland, yeah. So it's a, it is actually a very true dis- depiction of British life. Um, so it's, uh, but yeah, yeah, the seediness of the British press was well depicted here. Yeah, the British press are assholes. That's the main takeaway from this film, and they did that well. Um, Prince Charles is a dick, according <laughs> to this movie. Might I add? I won't just leave it at Prince Charles is a dick. You can come to your own conclusions. Uh, yeah, it probably <laughs> wouldn't be wise to say that when we're sponsored by his wife. No, no. Um, but he is depicted as a as a wrongen here in general. Um, yeah. Again, it, it does. Say, Every oh, time he's on screen, you're like, oh god, here he comes again <laughs> to be annoying. Here's Wales boy. Oh, you you want to be from Wales, but you're not. Oh, Prince Charles. <laughs> I enjoyed um, that song. That was my favourite one. <laughs> um and so yeah they 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 don't show him in a particularly popular light in a particularly pleasant light um but again it's kind of the same tone as the crown really isn't it um where they still have that whole it's a kind of arranged marriage um although they have affection for each other that affection drifts everything like that um it's not doing anything new 
No. Diana the Musical. It's just taking the crown and just slapping some butt rock on it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's just adding some songs and a cheeky nod and a wink to the audience here and there. Um, but it doesn't do that particularly incisively. Um, you know, you, you could do something very dangerous with this material. You could try and do something almost like Rocky Horror-esque. Um, with a I story. definitely want to see Prince Charles in leather. <laughs> well, did you hear that she wants to turn him into a rocker is one of the lines from the one of the songs. Yeah, yeah. In the pop versus classical one, one of the ones I wrote down, she says the prince could hear some prince and we could all get funkadelic. See what they did there? Yeah. It's you remember the cello cringe. lit up? Yeah. It's cringe as all hell. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, 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 it's not good. And he says to... Um, Camilla, she suggested we should go and see Dire Straits. I don't know what she was talking about. Duran, Duran, Duran. Get it? Because yeah. he's out of touch. Yeah. And and that's what we want from the... Le- Sorry to get all Republican on this podcast, Paddy, but that's what you want from your head of state, is to be so out of touch with the general public that they can't name two of the most popular bands of the era. Yeah. That's what you want from from from, from your head of state. I'm pretty sure the Queen has heard of Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, is that someone who makes dresses very fast? <laughs> Did you just come up with that? That's good. Oh, thank you. Yes, that was a, that was a off the top of my head situation. Um, yeah, no, the Queen loves new metal. Everyone knows she, that. She fucking loves it. She's down moshing with, with, with corn. The reason she wasn't able to make an appearance at Remembrance Sunday was because she had a bad back. That's true. And that's because she was fucking rocking out. Yeah, she was she was got the got that bad back in the middle of a circle pit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just swinging her little stick around. What do they call it? <laughs> the, the scepter. Yeah, the scepter. Yeah, yeah. Bashing people. She took with the her. crown jewels with her. Yeah, bashing people with her crown. <laughs> One's about to get down, motherfuckers. <laughs> One is down with the sickness. <laughs> <laughs> Come but- and get it. <laughs> so come and get it but the <laughs> the woman who played the queen um apparently is a, a broadway veteran who's done loads and loads of stuff and she was very good and also played barbara cartland which the show had a really odd obsession with <laughs> yes yeah um and yeah she's um yeah like you said uh, judy k judy k that's her name and yeah yeah and she, she was very she's, good she's very good and I, I one thing i would say is that this um the cast of this are very good. Yeah. I, I you know, the, the the problems with this are nothing to do with the cast, who all do a fantastic job. Their their vocal performances are fantastic. They've got that perfect expression like expression to their faces that you get from a good musical. Um, where they're really exuberant about everything and you need that. You know, yeah. and that's again one of those things that was missing from Dear Evan Hansen was everyone was dead behind the eyes. Yeah, and and there you was, don't... whatever the opposite of exuberance is, that's what was on screen all the time in Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> yeah, and 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 shout out as well because I know this movie's been getting a lot of hate, and some of it's coming from us because it isn't good. But um, Gianna Duval, who plays um, Diana, is really good as Diana. Yeah. Um, she's very, very good here. There's no getting around that. I know people have been complaining about this movie, but they they all do a really good job. I'm not here to hate on this. They're trying their hardest here. It's just that there's something systemically wrong with this movie that stops it from from being as successful as it maybe could be. 
Yeah. No, I'm not here to hate on this at all, especially as Peter Bradshaw gave it one star. So that automatically makes me want to give it five. <laughs> We've got to give oh, it 20 out of 20. We've <laughs> got to give it at least half points <laughs> just to annoy him. But no, there's a lot we of things sh- that should- are wrong with it. Overall, it's, it's, it's silly and inconsequential and, yeah, rubbish. But there's also some things about it that are charming and that are good and that I want to say are okay and that actually it is potentially worth watching if you've got nothing better to do. There's there's far more boring things to watch, I think, is the main thing. The, the music is competent. It won't stay with you, but it's competently done. The yeah. performances are good. The, the choreography is good as well. Mm. It's worth pointing out, you know, good good choreography here. And I'd imagine it's much better seeing that on stage. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that on stage it's a lot better. And and they it's also things like those pauses where there'd be like an audience reaction. Yeah. Which, which is always very awkward when you watch a recording of these kind of things where you can't appreciate it in the same way. And it was recorded without an audience as well. Yeah. Like the recording yeah. of Hamilton, for example, was in front of an audience. So you do you get hear all those bit, people bits going, of applause. I love Hamilton. I love Hamilton. Rob, can I talk to you about how much I love Hamilton? <laughs> can we um, can we do Hamilton next? No. <laughs> it's my choice next, so I'm going to find something you're really going to hate. It is. Yeah, yeah. I hope you, you found you, something you, I'm going to despise. Picked, you've picked the last three movies, so I'm going to find... I'm doing the nuclear option and choosing something that's meant to be truly awful that we haven't watched oh yet. Oh, God, it's going to be Tarantino, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm saving that for another time. You're saving that for when I've really, truly wronged when you, you. When you've really wronged me, I'm going to make us watch Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. Which, which, to be fair, I think you'll enjoy... Have you seen Kill Bill? I did actually see the first one, and at the time I did not hate it. It's a fun, it's a fun action movie with loads of blood. It has that good that good song with the little riff at the beginning. Yes. Kill, Kill Bill is probably the most palatable Tarantino movie, I'd say, because it is very action-focused. Yeah. It doesn't lose, it, doesn't lose itself amongst wanky dialogue, to quote uh, Diana the Musical. Yeah. <laughs> no one in that film has a Guinness and a wanker. No, no, exactly. Um, so, uh, anyway, right, where, where were we before we... Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I've got something lined up that we're both going to hate, but to be fair, I think you deserve it. So, <laughs> sucks Good. to be you. And to sucks be me. to be me, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, Diana, the musical, is a musical. Um, and, and you're right, it... It it lacks that audience participation that would probably make it better than it is. Um, I'm not going to say that I enjoyed this because I didn't. As someone who doesn't care for the royal family, my attention for these stories is always going to be limited. Yeah, same. The, like, the subject matter is kind of neither here nor there, is it? I mean, you can engage with it on the level of this is a really famous story that you know and that we know as we were, you know, nine years old when Diana died in that car crash and it was all that anyone talked about in the press for years afterwards. But like, yeah, so it's something that's familiar to us and is not necessarily something that we care for. For others, if you if you actually sort of have a bit of affection for that, then you might get a lot out of this. Yeah, I, I think... You've got as to long be, as you're able to not think that it's disrespectful and to yeah. not think that it has to be reverential. As long as you have a sense of humor about this kind of stuff. So many people are just so humorless about this. 
And I think that's why it's a very, very diff- it's very difficult actually to do something like this and to pull it off because either you go down the silly route and you make something that's ridiculous and over the top, which is what we would like it to be, or you do something that's incredibly serious and po-faced and boring, which is what a lot of people would like to see. And this sort of tries to have it both ways, doesn't it? Yeah, that that's the problem is it's not quite as silly as it should be. It's very camp, um, but it's it really needs to go all out to be successful because you're... If you, if you even stray slightly from worshipping at the ground of the royal family, that audience is immediately going to turn off and burn you at the stake. Yeah. Um, th- there's, there's no two ways about it. You cannot be cheeky. Just look at the backlash to the crown, something which, is, which handles it very tastefully. Yeah. The backlash to that, because they didn't believe that the Queen and Prince Charles are infallible, was astronomical yeah they dared to actually make some fake drama you know it's not the crown is not real the crown is fiction it's based heavily on fact and on real events and real people but it is fiction and you know the fact that they dared to create some drama out of some threads of real stuff of course because no, no one knows exactly what what prince charles and and diana said to one another uh you can tell that it's fiction because you never see prince charles unzip his skin and get into his real lizard form um which is exactly what like in cats <laughs> yeah that's what the royal family are it's like cats apart from their lizards underneath the skin yeah um andrew lloyd webber's lizards that's the musical that this should have been prince philip didn't actually die he just returned to the desert yeah he shed his skin and crawled yeah. away um it's <laughs> That was quite a bad taste, Oak, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand by it. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, yeah, it's 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 playing with fact, and some of it I still feel slightly uneasy about because this is this wasn't that long ago in the grand scheme of things, and you're still playing with the real life of an actual human being. Yeah. Um, and Diana was a real human being, not like the royal family. She she was obviously a minor royal, but. Um, but wasn't a lizard person, wasn't a reptilian. And so I, I still feel slightly uneasy about these kind of things being portrayed in general. Yeah, especially with for William and Harry, because, you know, the whole thing was really, really hard on them, I think. And yes, they are insanely privileged, but I feel like they're still, all of this stuff still is still people. really difficult. No one should lose them. No one should lose their mother at that age. And, you know, no. for it all to be so public. And as you say, with all the skeeviness of the British press around it, it's no wonder that, you know, Harry has decided to do what he's done and fuck off to America and give two, put two fingers up to us, which I respect. <laughs> and, you yeah, know. I have a lot of time for Harry now. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think he's followed the dream of every privileged white man in Britain, which is to fuck off with, with the woman he loves and start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Um, <laughs> well, that's what I did with you some 230-odd <laughs> episodes ago. And look, exactly. where we, look how far we've come. We've come so far. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, I I, I do find it uneasy. I I do feel uneasy about these kind of things being portrayed in this way. Um, I almost think if it went further in the other direction, it would be less unsavory. If it became really, really silly. Yeah. It would almost be that step detached from reality a bit more and be more acceptable. But I find these kind of things a bit odd. And and another example is the most recent series of and maybe not not the most recent, but one of the most recent series of American horror story, the TV show, um, has the serial killer the the night the night crawler in it. 
Oh, right. And he's like a he like appears in this horror series that's full of ghosts and a fictional serial killer. And it's really jarring that they took this person who murdered so many people and put them into this fictional story. Um, and I kind of feel the same way here where it's like, yeah, it's based on fact, but this is this is much more fictionalized even than the crown because of the way that they play it and the way that they girl power princess diana yeah <laughs> the, 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 the ultimate girl boss is almost the way that she's portrayed in this and it's like that's not really who she was either hashtag girl boss um, hashtag girl boss um it's it's you know in, in terms of what we do know about her and and some of the stuff they do in here is are, is are the things that we do know about her like you know um being one of the few people to show humanity during the aids crisis of the 80s for instance yeah yeah um which which is showcased here and i think it's really good that they did show that um and but at the same time you've got the sort of turning up to the party and being a cheeky lass uh, those kind of scenes where you're like this feels a bit weird yeah that's completely manufactured to create yeah. you know fake tension between her and camilla isn't it and and to kind of yeah try and make you care about those two kind of those two threads like there's her and charles and her and whatever and then there's charles the charles and camilla thread it's a very very poor attempt to bring those two things together that doesn't really work because you just don't care yeah it's it's weird because you know you've got the 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 love rhombus I suppose of of the trapezoid of four of <laughs> the love trapezoid <laughs> of the, of the four characters, um, but then you've also got the 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 wider issues with portrayal in the press, the pressures of being part of the royal family, being restricted by the royal family, um, and trying to gel those two things together in a musical is quite a difficult ask and it i don't yeah. think it really pulls it off i'm not saying that i could do a better job than the man from bon jovi <laughs> no 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 certainly not i think that, that you know this for me this doesn't work i'm not a fan of it i'm never going to watch it again no but i think there's wider issues than just oh it's badly acted or oh the writing shit or whatever else people no like. no whatever whatever else peter bradshaw complained about <laughs> Didn't have enough penises in it. Didn't have enough worm penises in it for my liking. Is that what he wanted? That's what he well. That's what he wants from every movie now. He's seen June, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, he, about, he did give. June oh no, five it wasn't stars. a penis. It was a butthole, wasn't it? Oh, that's giant, right. Yeah, worm butthole. A giant sand butthole. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, the, the 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 issues with this movie are the fact that it was a musical created in the first place. Yeah. I think he, his. Review says, not since the Cats movie have I literally shouted from my seat, what, what, what? Only by having Diana ride on stage on the back of a Jellicle cat could this be more bizarre. But it's not bizarre, is it? No. It's no, just it's completely not. normal in, within the world of musicals and the sort of the tightrope that it tries to walk of trying to be serious and trying to be silly. No, And, and one thing I think that, that our pal Peter, old Petey boy, as he's known <laughs> by us, our best friend, um... One thing he does say that I think is true is if it was a if it was deliberate satire, it would be genius, but it's not. And it wouldn't be genius yeah. if it was deliberate satire. But if they were going for that satirical angle, if they were going for something like Jerry Springer the Opera, like Rocky Horror Picture Show, mm. like the stage musical of the producers, doing something that much more directly deliberately pushing the boundaries of what people think about the royal family. 
I think that would be the only way that they could have made this truly successful. But like you said, it's kind of towing that middle ground a little bit too much to really be able to do that. Jerry Springer at the Opera is a very interesting point of comparison, actually, isn't it? Mm. Because if they'd tried to do something that was satirical and a bit dark with this, it could have been a very, very interesting but much more niche piece. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they could ever have got away with it. They would have been murdered by the royal family if they tried to do yeah. it. <laughs> but... um but they could have that that's the kind of way they could have gone and made something truly um truly special i think they that there is ground here to make something that could have been challenging that could have been really interesting to watch and 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 could have made the audience think more about the way that we we think about the royal family and think about our power structures and that's what good satires do yeah, but, but this was this was never what they were aiming for. No, it? no, this, this is this is a, uh, a, a, a more straightforward musical about a beloved person from from recent history. Um, it wasn't trying to be challenging in the way that it maybe could have been. No, and not that's not to say that every bit of musical theatre has to be like that because actually it's light entertainment, isn't it? But yeah, you yeah. still feel like we still, I still feel like it's a missed opportunity. Yeah, and I I think that's because doesn't work particularly well um you know if if it did work well you probably wouldn't be feeling that sort of um uh that that sense that it was a missed opportunity but instead because it because it doesn't gel you're left thinking oh if only they'd done something a little bit more dangerous with it yeah definitely i think that um andrew morton the royal biographer probably appreciated this because there's a bit where she literally comes on stage in a chair made out of copies of his book did he write this (laughs) Uh, it was based on a on the works of the original writer, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so he wrote something and then he cha- changed it into a musical. Um, I think. Um, but, but yeah, yeah that was that made me there's, chuckle. There's all those sorts of little moments, isn't there? Yeah, the James um, Hewitt thing did really, really make me laugh. It was that was that was. You're yeah. like suddenly, is this about to get horny? Is this now a horny musical? <laughs> it basically a... looked like the musical of Riders by Jilly Cooper for that one number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, it's an is there, there's times where it it nearly gets there, doesn't it? Like yeah. you said, but those are isolated moments, aren't there? Yeah. And there's no rising action, is it? Is there? It's all kind of the same throughout. It's just like, here's here's one problem, and here's another problem, and you, Charles, I don't like you. You and Camilla are doing this, and then a lot of the songs are quite samey. So there isn't, it doesn't feel like there's much of a distinction between them. And if you look at successful musicals, I mean, it's quite a, it's difficult to do it with a story like this, but you can do it with any kind of story. I mean, if you compare this to something like Waitress, which is a fantastic musical, it couldn't be a simpler story. It's about a woman in a small town who makes pies and then she cheats on her husband and leaves him um, and beca- decides to become a mother on her own because girl power and stuff. But it's like the way it does it and the way that, that every musical number is really distinctly different from the other one and has a very distinct theme that's how to really pull off a masterpiece of a musical and this this musical doesn't do that at all it's like every song is kind of thematically exactly the same yeah it all it all it all fits the same theme it all sounds similar it's just whoa we're halfway there whoa <laughs> diana's got great hair every song that. <laughs> did you just come up with that i did i did just come up with that's that good well. i appreciate that 
And then occasionally they throw in some British words like wank or feck, which they seem to think is a word that we say, but again, they've appropriated it from the Irish. Yeah, again, I was thinking, you know, is it, is it, (laughs) do they think that it's Ireland? Yeah, that was a funny song and I did enjoy it, but there was part of me that also just thought, just say fuck. (laughs) It's on Netflix, no one cares if you say fuck. And again, if you're in a Broadway production, you're allowed to say fuck in a Broadway production, aren't you? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure you can. Who's going to stop you? Yeah, Mr. Broadway. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Broadway, yeah, he's going to turn up and go, we don't have any foul language here. Yeah. Or do they genuinely, what I suspect is that they genuinely think that, like, they, they think that, like, royal, royalty-loving grannies are going to watch this and be offended if they say fuck, but feck is somehow fine. Yeah, that, that's, that's going to be the thing that pushes them over the edge, not someone saying that Prince Charles is slightly mean. Yeah, that that's 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 not the thing that's going to make them firebomb the director's house. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's. I just feel like there's more that could have been done here. Yeah, definitely. And the fact that it's kind of already been forgotten about so soon after it was released, I think, says a lot. About yeah, there were a couple of sort of no- notable bad reviews, and then actually, I think people have moved on. I'll be interested they- to see actually how successful the Broadway show is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, particularly given that it's it's out on Netflix um, and it doesn't have the right sort of energy level because it's a recording on Netflix. I wonder how many people are going to then go, you know what, I really want to go see this on stage. Yeah. Whereas if it had never had that initial Netflix release, maybe it would have, you know, been it would have had people curious. Yeah, it may actually be a marketing strategy that backfires. They may find that already it's been churned up and spat out by the Netflix content machine and nobody cares. Apart from us. Apart from us, we're the only people who care. Yeah. Um, So give us free tickets to your show, please. (laughs) And flights to New York. And flights to New York as well. Come on, you owe us. Uh, so is there anything else you want to say about um about diana the musical no i i think we've covered it all it's it's worth watching if you want a bit of a laugh but it's not as silly or as fun as it could be it's actually relatively safe yes yeah 100 percent. but there's worse stuff that you could be watching there's, there's far worse stuff you you could be watching um so in terms of ranking it um how many times in your conversation with james hewitt does he make an innuendo around horse riding <laughs> And then say his own name. And then say his own name. <laughs> um, let's see. Mr. Mr. Horny Horseman gave me seven innuendos out of 20. Yeah, I'm going to agree completely seven. It's it's not an abhorrent work. It just doesn't work. Um, and, that, and that's its main problem. It's, it's just it, it doesn't quite land where it needs to to be successful. It's not hateful. No, 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 not at all. It's not as good as a Guinness and or a wank. <laughs> no. And unfortunately for a member of Bon Jovi, it does not reach halfway there <laughs> no. in terms of scores. It certainly Sauce does not. Mate. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, right. Up next. Yes. what? It's your choice, finally. I'm actually excited for you to choose something. Yeah, because it's been a while. You know, we, we sort I've of, dominated it, and I'm we, sorry. We came up with the with the Halloween movies, and normally I, I suggest a list to you, and you can then pick out some stuff you like the look of. And then you've had a few on the road, in, in a row, that you wanted us to watch. Um, but actually, there's a notorious Netflix rom-com from a couple of years ago that we never got around to watching. And you All know right. what? We've got a free week before we get into, into Christmas time. Um, and we're going to watch Tall Girl. 
Oh, no. I've heard of this. Yeah. We never watched it at the time. It somehow no. escaped our grasp. Okay. I'm, I'm interested in this. I remember seeing that at the time and thinking, what is that? And then moving yeah. on to something else because it's the Netflix content machine. She's tall. That's what it and is. And a girl. And a girl. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to watch <laughs> Tall Girl. Cool. That's a good idea. And I can't believe that it's that one and then it's, we're into festive territory. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? That's come around quickly. Yeah, it has, really, hasn't it? Cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. And if you've seen Diana the Musical, I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't, as I said, there's worse stuff out there. Um, there's a, <laughs> a link in our show notes so you can give us money, kind of like a tip jar. You can find us on Twitter at bigboysdon'tpod, um, on the emails bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail.com. And we will be back next week to talk about Tall Girl. Alrighty, bye-bye. Bye.